morning, Cheney Faith Center. This is Pastor Mark. You've probably noticed that I'm not here this morning. That's because yesterday my daughter Allie got married and we're super excited about that. And so we're spending time with family and friends as we uh, just push her off into a great marriage with her husband. It's going to be exciting. So this morning, Troy Adet will be speaking and I wanted to share just a couple things with you because we're starting a new series called Pro Tips for Living Well, a study in the book of Proverbs. And this morning, Troy is going to launch that series in a great study in chapter one. The book of Proverbs is so important for today because what we really need in our lives is to understand how to live for Christ today. In Matthew chapter six, when Jesus was sharing how to pray, he said that we should pray for God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the biblical term for living here on earth, like we will in heaven, is called wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom and discovering what it means to live our lives today in light of who God is. And so there's all kinds of things we're going to discover in Proverbs, like why we should obey our parents, how to handle our money, why to be sexually pure, how to raise our children, all kinds of awesome things in the book of Proverbs. As you leave this morning, you'll get a bookmark to help you with this series. You'll read one chapter a day, every day, and then when we come together on Sunday, we will be studying from several of those chapters and somebody will be sharing a message about that week's reading. It's gonna be a great time. I'm excited for this series about pro tips for living well, a study on the book of Proverbs. You ready to go? Take it away, Troy. Um, just tips for our lives, like how to live life well over the next five or six weeks um, while we're in this series. And so question becomes then, what is the book of Proverbs? And I, I think we heard Mar Pastor Mark kind of explain this well, but I just want to go over a little bit before we dive into our um, message this morning. So the book um, is a book of principles of living life the right way before God. And these principles that we're talking about are called... Wisdom are called wisdom. Um, he's given us these principles so that um, we can have the most fulfillment and the freest life possible. See, here's the reality of the day that we live in today. The world has gotten it wrong. The world has told us a bunch of lies, and we need to understand that. See, the world has said that if we live by no boundaries, no borders, no rules, no expectations, then we've got it right. We're going to be living the freest, the fullest, the best version of you that you can live. And God's saying, wait, hold on. Hold on. I designed life. I have some ideas on how this should work out. And we need to kind of live inside that. And so that's, um, that's what the book of Proverbs is doing for us. As we go through chapter by chapter, it is going to reveal issues and things that you are going to encounter on a daily basis and help you with those issues, give you knowledge towards those topics. And so I'm really excited for us to, to dive into that together. Um, this morning, I believe that most of us in this room understand that if we use something the way that it's intended to be used, that that can turn out good, right? Are you with me right now? Or, or we could even say great. Or how about we could say even incredible in some situations. 
And sometimes when we choose to use things the way they weren't intended to use, it can get a slightly messy, right? Or, or slightly dangerous. Hey, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, messy. Go ahead. Messy. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to do it again. So if that one wasn't good, you'll have lots of practice. All right. Well, I got to tell you a story. See, my, uh, my family, we are a fourth of July family. You know what I'm saying? Like St. Patrick's Day, that doesn't even make our calendar, okay? It, does, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't go there. Thanksgiving's great, but 4th of July, ah, Mecca, okay? That's the reality of my family. And we love lighting off fireworks. Like, we, if, if we drive up to a fireworks stand, and anywhere in the stand it says safe and sane, we're just driving away. It's not worth our time, okay? And what we like to do, my stepbrother and I, would, growing up, what we would do is we would build these big plywood boards where we would screw the canisters into the board, and then we would set all of these mortars into the canisters. We'd fuse them together, and we would just make our own displays. We felt pro style, okay? Everybody, so I grew up in La Crosse. Let's make sure we understand where we're at here. I grew up in La Crosse about an hour from here. It's a farm town right in the middle of a wheat field, and there are no boundaries and borders. So this is maybe the one time where I'm going to say no boundaries, no borders. That's okay, all right? With the rest of the, rest of the time, we're going to preach that that's not the case. But here, it's okay. Light off your fireworks. And I will tell you, when you use the firework correctly, good, great, and maybe even a little bit beautiful. <clears throat> My stepbrother and I were loading the mortars into the, into the canisters. And um, he's not a fan of running. That's just not his thing. So if he says run, I know something's wrong. And I'm loading my canisters in, and he's over here. And all of a sudden, I hear him say, run, run. And I don't ask questions. I wasn't like, well, what do you mean by run? What exactly would you like me to do here? I was just like, mm-hmm, OK. And so I turn, and I just start running away. And I will tell you right now, there is something about that moment when you're in mid-stride and you hear, and you just see purple um, little sparks and flames come right through your back, right out the sides of you, that direction, okay? Now, although I would say it was a pretty incredible sight, it was <clears throat> a little bit messy, maybe even a little bit dangerous. Now, luckily, it wasn't a life-threatening situation. The only thing I lost that day was the back of my T-shirt. But outside of that, if we use things the way they're intended to be used, it can be good, great, or beautiful. If we don't, here it is. Look at your neighbor. Say this stuff. It's going to get messy. Just go ahead. Tell them again. Tell them again. Okay. See, this is what life is like. God set it up a certain way. There is, later we found out, remember, there was a label that said this side up. That's how come he put it in wrong. He put it the wrong way. There is a this side up label to life, just so we're clear on that. There is a this side up label to life. God designed life to be walked out in a certain manner. If we live outside that design, it's going to be messy, and it's going to be dangerous. My goal for us today is to be given the tools for us to move forward through the book of Proverbs. So today, what I'm hoping that we gain through, um, through our time together is an understanding of first, what is wisdom? What is wisdom in the first place? Why would we want it? What does it do for us? The second thing that we're gonna gain from this is 
where it begins. Where does wisdom begin? Where do we start? And the last thing that I'm hoping for us is that we understand that there is an outcome for having wisdom in our life and for not having wisdom in our life. And my prayer for you is that you understand that wisdom in your life is the outcome that we're looking for. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, so much for this morning um, that you have given us uh, this time to be together on this snowy, beautiful day, Lord. Um, and Lord, I just pray that we would grow in this concept of, of understanding wisdom and knowledge and, and Lord, seeking that for our lives. Father, I just pray that as we read the words in Proverbs today, Lord, that they would just ring true, that they would be cemented into our lives, Father, and that we would grow closer to you because of what you have given to us today. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray, amen. All right, well, if you have your Bible um, with you this morning, you can go ahead and open that thing up. We're gonna, we're gonna be in Proverbs. We're gonna be looking at chapter one. So if you're looking for that, go ahead. It's about smack dab in the middle of the Bible. So you just kind of open up there, you'll find that. If you didn't bring your Bible with you this morning, it should be up on the screen behind me. Hey, you guys, can we, can we just, uh, this side note, I know not all of our tech guys are in here right now, but can we just give our tech crew a round of applause? Can we do that? Um, you guys. You have no idea what they've gone through today. It's been one of those days where nothing works and nothing works right, but God is good. And here it is, they were on ladders, adjusting with our projectors and blowing dust all over you. I'm sorry if you're sneezing. Um, they, the heat was 100 degrees in here. The slides weren't working right. Everything that you could think tech-wise that couldn't go right wasn't going right, but now it is. God is good, and so is our tech team. All right, so when we look at the book of Proverbs, it's interesting, as I was studying through Proverbs, I literally literally uh, started laughing out loud, okay? Um, because as I, as I looked at the book of Proverbs, I started to realize there's something here that's really interesting. Proverbs is about, if you look, within a few pages, literally in my Bible, smack dab in the middle of the Bible, which is a really interesting concept because for any of you who are outdoor enthusiasts, hunting, fishing, um, you, you uh, sports, anything like that, you know that when you aim for something, you aim where? The middle. Somebody last service said, center mass. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay, yes, center mass. Um, anyways, right, th right in the middle, that's where we're, where we're aiming. And it just is really interesting to me that God, our great God, put a book on instructions on how to live out life, how to walk out life, right in the middle of the Bible. He's a good God, amen? <laughs> Amen, yeah. So let's, let's take a look. We're going to be reading uh, Proverbs 1. We're going to go just verses 1 through 7 to start with. We'll fiddle with some more a little bit later on. Um, so verse 1, um, starting here, reads like this. <sighs> the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, prudent means cautious behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence or caution to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to those who are young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the saying and riddles of the wise the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom 
and instruction. So let's talk about Solomon for a second. Solomon, the author of most of the book of Proverbs, um, breaking it down, big picture idea, wrote this book, wrote this book for us to have aid in our everyday issues. His goal for us was that in writing this, we would have the knowledge to live out a wise life. So that's the goal, the whole book, all the way through. Solomon wrote this for everybody. I wanna make sure we're clear on that. Whether you live in Washington, whether you live in Kenya, whether you lived a thousand years ago or whether you live today. He wrote this book for everybody, directions for living life well. And as we read those first few verses though, we realize that he's really writing it for two kinds of people, two kinds of people. The, the first, the simple, it says, and the young. And we're gonna classify them as unwise, young. You can come talk to me later, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Simple and young, unwise. And then we're also going to put the other camp, if you will, to wise. So these are the kind of the two people that Solomon pictures reading his book, okay? So um, as we read these, we need to understand two different type of people reading, wise, Unwise. And this leads us to our first point for today. And that is simply said, what is wisdom? So if you're taking notes, just throw that down there. What is wisdom? Okay. Well, I think, actually, I'm sure that in my own mind, I can't define wisdom until I understand what foolishness is. The, in verse 7, it talked about, um, it said the word foolishness and, and fools. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that. What is foolishness? We're going to define that together. And I think that that is going to give us a pretty good understanding of what wisdom is. So oftentimes when we think about foolishness, we think about foolishness as this. It's what you don't know. Oh, you didn't know that? That's foolish. Okay? You didn't know, you're a fool. However, foolishness is not, is not what we don't know. Let's be clear about that. Foolishness <clears throat> is what we do with what we know. Let me repeat that. Foolishness is what we do with what we know. See, foolishness was not having a firework explode all through my body. That was not foolishness. Now, if I would have taken that same canister, the mortar, put it in the canister, lit it again, maybe looking for a different outcome or not even caring about the outcome, now we've hit the title of foolishness. Foolishness is how our hearts are postured towards what we know. See, fools hate what they know and they choose to live as if they don't know what they know as if they don't know what they know. Foolishness is wanting reality to conform to our own desires. I'm not going to live in God's world for God. I'm gonna live in my world for me. Um, 
let's take a look at Romans. Uh, we're going we're gonna to jump over there if you've got your Bibles. Um, jump into Romans. We're going to be in Romans 1 for just a moment. We're going to look at verses 18 and 21. But just a quick, uh, for those of you who don't know, Paul wrote the book of Romans. And uh, if, you've not, if you've not done a study through that, I suggest that. Paul is an incredible writer. And um, basically, he wrote this book to explain what Christ did, why he did it, and what happened as a result. And it speaks to what we are as humans and how God has interacted with us through Christ. Um, so it's kind of, it kind of, more or less lays out God's plan for the world, uh, Romans. So that's a lot to accomplish in one, one tiny little book. But here it is. Romans 1, verse 18. Um, it comes from a section, chapter 1. It's titled, God's Wrath Against Sinful Humanity. Anytime I see the word God and wrath together, I get a little bit nervous. Here's what it says. It says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth. Hiding what they know. Pretending you don't know what you know. For although they knew God, this is in verse 21, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, they knew who God is and was, but decided not to live by his expectations or his boundaries in their life. See, as humans, we do this all the time. We figure out what we know, and then we pretend that we don't know it. How many times have you been in a situation where you're like, I don't want to know what I know? Let me give you an example. So, see, here's the deal. I never thought that I would be giving you a winter example in September, but we're going to go there, so hang in there with me. I have this snowblower, okay? The snowblower is fantastic. Um, for those of you who know me, you know I'm maybe slightly obsessed about snowblowing snow. I think mainly because it means I'm not shoveling it, but still at the same point, um, it's just fun. I like to do the neighbor's sidewalks and driveways. Sometimes I've even been known to just run that thing out in the road because it's just great. I love throwing snow. It's a lot of fun. But my snowblower, which don't worry, somebody from second service has already given me some pro tips on how to fix this problem. So I think I should be good for this winter. But my snowblower has a problem, which now I realize is me. I'm the problem um, from the person who instructed me during second service. Thank you for that, by the way. But in, in reality, my snowblower has a problem, and that is the carburetor gets junked up. It's just the way of my snowblower. So here's what happens. I have to clean my carburetor before I use my snowblower. And we're not talking about clean my carburetor like once a year before I use my snowblower. Oftentimes, it's before every time I use my snowblower. And so um, you know what you do for this? On my snowblower, there's this little bolt that sticks up through the bottom of the carburetor. And you got to kind of reach in there and undo that bolt, and the carburetor kind of awkwardly slips out of the snowblower. And, and here's the reality, okay? So it's, it's never 96 degrees and beautiful outside when you need to work on your snowblower. It's 10 degrees and the snow is flying this way and this way. God is good. How does he do that? I have no idea. And you are freezing cold. And of course, when you're working with a tiny little bolt, you can't wear gloves. You have to do it with your bare hands. So your hands are already 
five shades of red and purple because they're hurting and it's cold and it is what it is. And here's what happened to me, okay? So I look up over here on my shelf and right over here on the shelf, there's an adjustable wrench. But I have to tell you, there's a caveat to this adjustable wrench. It's not a real adjustable wrench. It's one of those adjustable wrenches that you can buy for like a buck out of the jar at the counter of the, of the hardware store. So it's not like an adjustable wrench that could have the qualifications of even being a real tool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it couldn't make it in the big league tool section. So, like, the hardware store doesn't even want to sell it to you. It's more like pawning it off to you as you walk out the door. Oh, here, take one of these. That doesn't really work. Okay, that's kind of the reality behind this adjustable wrench. The first time I tried using the adjustable wrench, I think you know where the story's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that bad boy slipped right off of that bolt, and I racked my knuckles so hard. I had to work really hard at where my heart was at in that moment and what I was thinking in my mind. But here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Because I hid the truth to myself. I should have known better. I didn't do that one time. <laughs> I didn't do that twice, but I did it three times. Three times. The temptation of that tool sitting there on the shelf, time after time, it was too great. And I had to get it because it's 10 degrees outside. And who wants to go to the back of their garage to rummage through the tools? That'd be far too difficult when it's right there next to, next to your snowblower. Just use it. This winter... Okay, this winter, I'm buying an adjustable wrench, one of the big boy ones that made it to the tool section, and I'm going to set that thing right next to the other one so it can laugh at the other one. That's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> See, we do this all the time. We hide what we want to know. Let's talk marriage for a moment, okay? So things aren't going well. You're in a fight. You're moving back and forth. I don't know if I can be with this person anymore. I don't know if this is a happy moment, a happy situation. And so then we dig into this. Well, I'm going to surround myself around people who say it's okay. You deserve to be happy. Move on. But we know outside of God's plans, that's not, that's not for us. Find community. Dive in. How about finances? Everywhere we look, you deserve more. Finance this boat. Finance this house. Finance this car. Finance this other car. Finance this car for your cars for your car. Okay? We need eight cars. Everywhere we look, the world is telling us, live outside this. And we surround ourselves around people who agree with that. And then pretty soon what happens is, is we're hiding the truth in which we know that's living outside of God's design for us. See, the foolish person says, I'm going to figure something else out. Not listen to God's plan for my life. This right here is the heart of foolishness. So what about wisdom? I thought we were talking about wisdom. We are. Hang in there with me. What about wisdom? So wisdom is living in accordance with God's will. Living in his design. So when we know... We don't want to hide what we know. As you read through the book of Proverbs this month, you're going to see these two words together all the time. Knowledge and wisdom, knowledge and wisdom, back and forth, back and forth. And I want you to understand they're not the same thing, but they do go hand in hand. Let's talk this through. So once we figured out the mortar was upside down, that's the reason it exploded at a low altitude. Knowledge. Wisdom said, don't do it again. Okay. When your five-year-old, and this will preach, when your five-year-old reaches up and touches the hot stove and realizes it burns, knowledge. 
Wisdom is the next time they walk by, they don't touch the stove again, okay? <laughs> Knowledge is saying, I know what the world is. I know who God is, and I know he has a plan for me. Wisdom <clears throat> is living inside of that plan that God has for our lives. I heard a pastor once say that the book of Proverbs helps us become street smart. We follow the wisdom of God, not because he's been around the block, but because he created the block. God wrote this book. Solomon wrote the book. God influenced the writing of this book. So we know how we fit into the world. Following his plan. That's wisdom. So knowing there is a God and that he created us and that he has designed a plan for us to live out our lives in a certain way, wisdom is doing that. So if we talk about that, okay, so we understand that God has a plan for us. He has boundaries and borders that he wants us to stay inside of. So the world has it all wrong. Then where does it begin? Where does it begin? Well, let's go back to verse 7. And Proverbs 1, it says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And of course, we know that knowledge does what? Leads to, hopefully, wisdom, <laughs> not foolishness, hopefully wisdom. So in what sense are we talking about fear God? Because fear is an interesting word. Like we could be talking about you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. This was me a couple of years ago. I was afraid that I'm going to end up at the bottom of that Grand Canyon. More or less, I was afraid that my kids were going to end up at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and I might go in after my kids to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. That's, that's a form of fear, but that's not what we're talking about here. So what sense are we talking about then? Well, Solomon's not saying that we should be afraid of God, but instead be in awe of him. John Piper once said that fearing the Lord is a kind of fear that is not repulsive. It doesn't drive us away. It draws us in. And in Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13, it says this, and now what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear your God, to walk in his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord with your, excuse me, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes with which I command you today for your good. To fear him means to stand in awe of him. And I was thinking about how do I tie this in? What is the analogy here? How can we connect this? Because it's still a bit muddy, okay? It's still a bit muddy. Well, the best way that I can think about doing this is to talk about a father-son relationship. And I know that some of you in this room are not fathers, and some of you in this room are not sons, um, but I, I think that you'll understand as we talk through this. I also know that some of you didn't come from a healthy home environment, and so this, this might be hard, but here it is. So father-son relationship. My dad is probably the wisest person I've ever met. Best person I've ever met. I, I can just say that hands down. I've learned so much from him, okay? And I'm honored to say that he's in the room today with us, which is pretty cool. Um, he made the drive through the snow <laughs> to get here. So thanks, Dad. Um, probably the wisest person I know. I'm not looking at him because I, I might lose it, okay? So I'm looking this direction. He's that direction. Um, anyways, I adore him. 
I've learned so much from him. I look forward to every moment that we got to play together. I look forward to every, um, every camping trip, every hiking trip, every hunting trip, everything that we did together. I was in awe of him because I knew he was for me. And I knew what he had was the best that I could possibly have because he wanted that for me so desperately. And so there's this moment where I'm like, my dad is on a pedestal, right? <laughs> but being on a pedestal, there's a responsibility. When I would mess up, <laughs> and if you know me, it was a lot, he would let me know about it. My dad is the king of a two and a half hour lecture. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> preach. He's over there like, uh-oh. Uh, here's the reality. I would get a D on an assignment and he would let me know about it for like two and a half hours. This is knowledge. Guess what I didn't do the next time I had an assignment? I didn't get a D on that assignment. That's wisdom, okay? There it is. Um, so this father love, I, I adore him. I look up to him because I know he has the best interest for me because I know that he adores me as well. And I think that this is that relationship that we have to fear God. We know that God has his best interest for us. He loves us unconditionally, but he'll also put us in our place when we need to be put in our place. And that's the best way I think that we can, we can define that fear the Lord analogy. See, it's, the problem is, though, we struggle to fear the Lord we struggle with our relationships with our earthly fathers when we don't trust that they have the best interests for us. So this is where things kind of go away a little bit. When we go, God, really? Dad, really? Do you, are you sure that's the very best for me? God, do you really? Was that rule really meant for me? I'm not sure how I feel about that. See, let's, let's kick it Old Testament style. Let's talk about Adam and Eve. They had everything. God, really? I mean, you want to hold back some wisdom from us? Uh, knowledge from us? Uh. When we don't fear God, we start thinking things like, you know, you give me instructions on how to handle my finances, how to handle my... Um, my life, how to love neighbors, how to do right and wrong. But I don't know. I don't know if you've got that right. And I heard a pastor once say that the fundamental issue with sin isn't that it draws us in. And I think we'd all agree in the room that sin does draw us in, right? The fundamental with, the issue with sin is that we doubt that God is for us and given us basic guideline and rules to live by. Sin does draw us in. But when we forget what we know, it can become a little bit what? Messy and dangerous. A little bit messy, a little bit dangerous. So if wisdom begins with fearing the Lord, and wisdom is following his plan in our lives, what is the outcome of having and not having wisdom in our lives? Well, we're going to turn to Proverbs 1. We're going to look at verses 29 through 33 to look at this.
And I'm going to just let the word speak. I think sometimes um, we clutter things and we forget that the truth speaks. Look at your neighbor and say, truth speaks. It's true. The truth does speak. And here we go. In verse 29, it says this. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But, this is an important word here, but it's a word of hope and a word of encouragement. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. The truth speaks. I believe Solomon was ridiculously clear here in this set of scriptures. Disregard God's wisdom for you. If we then we are foolish. And the way of a fool is destruction. Accept God's wisdom. Call on his street smarts. And you will dwell in security. And we have two choices here. We have destruction or we have peace and security. Death or everlasting life. Foolish path, destruction. Wise path, peace, security, in game, everlasting life. The problem is here, who in this room hasn't walked a foolish path? My goodness, if we were to add them all up, thank, thank the Lord that he doesn't care about counting, right? Like, if we were to add them all up, I think we would be talking about my foolish past alone well into next week if we started now. It's the reality behind life. And the fundamental question here is, isn't whether I've been foolish or have made mistakes, it's can I trust God? Do I believe he is who he says he is? Do I understand that even in the midst of my darkness, he's done nothing but love me? Looking back on my two and a half hour lectures now, I realize that those lectures were nothing but love. Doesn't mean that they weren't easy in the or they, that they were easy in the moment. They were hard in the moment. We've all walked foolish paths, and maybe some of you in the room right now are thinking, you know, <clears throat> I have a little messy in my life. There's a path that's maybe slightly foolish. And you're thinking, maybe that's something I need to get a hold of. Maybe I need to grab on to some of this knowledge and use it in a wise way. And maybe some of you in the room are thinking, man, my life is foolish. 
okay? I've been hiding the truth that I know for far too long. It hurts. It doesn't feel right. And I'm ready to move out of that darkness and receive some of that light that we're going to be talking about over the next month here in the book of Proverbs. We're going to come back to this in a moment, but there's good news. God's got you. And maybe you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, you know what, Troy? All this is good, but I'm tired. Do you know how exhausting it is checking the label every time to see that it says this side up before you place it into a canister? And that's what the world wants. The world wants to wear you down. The world wants to beat you down so that when you're standing amongst the 10 degree weather and the snow's blowing in from every direction and you look over to your right, it's just right there. That's what the world wants. The world doesn't want you in the back of the garage figuring things out. The world wants you right here. And you're tired because you've been walking that out. You've been refusing the shelf and you've been going to the back of the garage. And every step is a tough step. There is no easy button here to press. Can you trust? God. Well, let me, let me explain something to you. He took his most precious possession, the thing that mattered most to him in the world. And I understand this because I am a father. So I know. And he sent him to our earth to be battered and to be bruised for you and for me, for we And this is my thought. Take it if you want it. But if our God loves us that much to do that, then I'm going to put a little bit of trust into him. And I'm going to look for those foolish paths that I've been taking, and I'm going to set them aside. And over the next month, over the next year, over the rest of my life, I'm going to be looking for wisdom. Because I understand that there is a boundary, there is a a border that God designed for me, a plan for me to walk out. We're going to take just a few minutes right now. And what I'd like for you to do is I want you to be real with God. He knows already anyways, but he looks for that communication. If you're in that moment where you're like, I've had a path, I've got a life, <laughs> Or, God, I'm just tired. I need your courage. I need your strength. I'm going to look for you today during this time to be open with God and say, here's where I'm at, Lord. He understands our needs, and he is a good God. Be open with him. I'm going to ask for you guys right now to pour your hearts out. And if you're not sure what that looks like, I'm going to suggest you start with this. Hey, Dad. Go ahead and pray.